welcome to Sheffield Hopcast, in which is hopefully our last episode until we can all go back to the pub, which would be nice. Um, but don't get too excited because it's basically 100% going to rain. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this week we've got a usual guest and that guest has influenced the theme this week, which means I set some homework for two different things, getting a beer and, getting a, and matching it with some music. Um, so the risk of sounding like Strictly Come Dancing, this week is music week. So, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so I've asked everybody to uh, think back to a recent or fond live music experience before lockdown and then match a beer to go with that band or or a song by that band. Um, and I think me and Laura were chatting earlier, I think we're going to put like a, pl- a Spotify playlist together of any kind of songs that we're linking to music through this episode so people can kind of have a multi-level experience. So we'll see how it goes. It might just be four songs of uh, what was bits tonight. So anyway, um, so yeah, this week we've got um, Luke Murphy from Rhythm and Brews podcast. Thought I'd come to you first, actually, Luke. Is that all right? So uh, yeah, of course. So hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Um, so yeah, do you want to have just a quick few words about history of the podcast, what it's all about, maybe kind of why yeah. we did, you know, and how it links to kind of what we're doing today, I suppose, and uh, and then yeah. And how yeah, sure. how how music can be, how flavors can influence music, <laughs> and whatever you do, you you know you know you know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, rhythm and brews. Uh, so we're a, a, a monthly podcast that has been going on for, geez, almost four years now, um, which is it just feels like way too long to be drinking beer and matching music. I, I think we've actually run out of choices now. But um, but yeah, it actually it kicked off. So it's me and uh, my partner in crime, um, Andrew. Um, and it kicked off, actually, we were doing a music podcast for about three years before the, the beer podcast. And um, he went to Green Man Festival um, out in the middle of somewhere in West England. I've actually got no idea where it's based. but uh, <laughs> um, And he saw uh, Pete Brown doing um, his music and beer matching thing, which he, he sort of got from... Um, from an article that somebody wrote about how tones can influence how your beer can taste. So we thought we'd give it a go, did a pilot episode. And then since then we've managed to keep it up monthly apart from a three month break at one point. But um, I I attempted to not drink for three months and it lasted about three weeks, but you know, it's fine. But yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so there, there is science behind it, but Science it is all, yeah. I mean, we're, we're allowed to swear on this podcast, aren't we? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's complete dog shit, <laughs> complete dog shit. But, um, I like how you pick dog shit as your swear word, just yeah. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> as the beers come out, the, the swearing will get worse, but um, but yeah, the um, the, the whole concept behind it is that uh, apparently there was a study done where tones can change the way that flavors you experience flavors. Um, and they did it with sort of pure tones. So like, you know, like 44 Hertz kind of thing or whatever. Um, and the idea is that the lower the tone, the more that the bitterness in what you're tasting will be enhanced. Uh, the higher the tone, the more the sweetness will be enhanced. And then they also found that if you play discordant tones, um, things appear more sour, um, which is quite cool. But I mean... You know, at first we kind of tried to lean on the science very heavily, and then we just discovered actually it's much more interesting to talk about like the experiential nature of the beer. And <laughs> I mean, most people have with songs, they've got particular you know associations with that song somewhere where they've heard it, where they've experienced it, and you can quite often match the experience of a song with the experience of a beer and make the the whole thing better. 
um, is the idea behind it and make or, or like change the experience of how you're drinking the beer. So that's like that's the whole concept behind it. It kind of fits um, more to kind of what we've kind of doing, thinking fondly at a past music experience and then yeah. trying to turn that into what would that be in a beer or that experience or, or, or a song by that band or whatever. So do you want to start? What 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 beer have you got and what and what yeah. band or song are you, are you matching that with? <laughs> so I mean for me it was very easy. I have very fond memories of the last gig I went to, which was uh Valentine's Day last year. Went and saw Los Campesinos um at Islington Assembly Hall in London. Um are you guys sort of au fait with Los Campesinos or I am but you, okay. you, for the listeners, you want to kind yeah, of uh, sure. sort of yep. Um, they're so basically they're like a oh, what like eight ten piece. I don't know. They've got way too many members. Um, very angular indie band who kind of have um, associations back to like the emo scene of of like the early two thousands, but did that kind of weird um, thing in the sort of mid two thousands like. Dan and Anna Aykroyd and and uh, Dance Gavin Dance and and all that scene where it was like very wordy, uh, overly emotional music um, over very weird discordant indie that is also very danceable and very sing alongable. So yeah, so I went uh, last February, uh, got to go see them because they were doing the 10th anniversary of Romance is Boring, which is like one of their big albums, and they played the entire thing in full and then came back and did like a bangers set as well and it was just it was one of the most phenomenal gigs i've uh i've been to in the last few years so it was a kind of nice way to um end it all before going into fucking lockdown shit <laughs> where we haven't been able to see live music since then um so yeah so that's that's the that's the the band and the song that i've picked specifically is off of the album romance is boring which is, um, I just sighed, I just sighed, just so you know. Um, and the beer, um, so basically, for anybody who's listened to Rhythm and Brews, I have some pretty sort of standard go-tos. And Los Campesinos are like my go-to for sour beers um, because they're like fully discordant and angular and a little bit weird and, and loud uh, and raucous. And I don't know, I just feel like a good sour beer matches well with that so i've actually gone for unity brewing um and i've gone for their orange ghoster uh preserver number one um which i haven't cracked open yet so i'm going to do that now very good cool um should we go to the rangelies next laura what beer hello by the way have you got any beer t-shirts attire on anything today very good very good is it... I think possibly the last tap room we went to before lockdown for my birthday last year. Very good. So, um, beer and music, what have you gone for? So, I've picked something that I feel represents the experience that I had at a gig that we went to it's probably t- just over two years ago now. Um, but we went to see Enter Shikari at the O2 Academy. Um, and the day of the gig we'd been doing sensory training at work so i'd spent six hours smelling and tasting things with very very minute attention to detail and i just you know like complete sensory overload um in the flavor department um and we walked into the o2 academy which in sheffield is a pretty nice gig venue 
And I was just in there like, oh my God, it absolutely stinks in here. Where, why is that? Why does it smell like pickled onions? Like just <laughs> everything that was there was just like, oh my God, this is really, you know, this is quite an intense experience. And then Enter Shikari came on, who, for anybody that doesn't know them, they are not a quiet, peaceful, non-intense band. It's, it's very uh, discordant is a, is a good word. I'm going to steal that from Luke. You know, there was this huge light show. There were lasers. And I was just like absolutely blown away and didn't really know what to do. I thought I was going to die from all of the things that were just <laughs> happening in my brain. But it was great. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, so I thought, seeing as that was after a day of drinking beer as well and thinking about beer, what kind of beer could I choose that might sort of sum that up so i've gone for one of the oddest beers in our cellar that has a hell of a lot going on and it is this is a uh, collaboration between de kramaharing who are based in uh, utrecht in the netherlands and wilderwald which is um a project uh, by a, a german home brewer but who is really really into yeast called benedict um and they actually brewed it in time for the first carnival we went to in 2018 um, and it's a wild fermented Lichtenhainer, which is a smoked sour beer uh, with um, peaches in it. Um, I did actually have this beer when we were at Carnival and I was really, really hungover and sat by a barge right by the canal and looking out and it was this lovely day and feeling also like I was going to die a little bit. And you wouldn't have thought that a smoked sour peach beer was the thing to make you feel better, but it did. So, um, Standard. Yeah. So I've gone, for, I've gone for that. Something a little bit weird um, with quite a lot going on. And in that way, I feel that it represents my good. What experience. strength is that, our interest? It's only 4.5. Uh, I did nearly bring a different really weird beer that was 12.5, but um, then I saw what Jim was bringing and decided against <laughs> that. <laughs> For reasons that will become clear shortly. So, yeah, sensible, but daft, delicious beer. Yeah. Come on then, Jim. I thought we'd invite you. I thought you, you, Jim likes his music, and I thought he'll do a good job at matching uh, some beer and music. So I'm going from um, Laura's light beer to heavy, heavy beer, but also heavy gig. Um, so at the same venue at the um, the academy in um, in Sheffield a little bit longer ago, I think it was a few years ago now, but Gajira, who are a um, French, like heavy metal kind of industrial band who just write riffs that are the weightiest riff slow punchy great it, it, the, and then live they're even heavier so some just enca encapsulating everything about kind of the intensity of, of proper heavy music um it's just they're just amazing um but they so they um they write a lot about the environment and that kind of thing but a lot of that so a lot of their kind of tours and a lot of their kind of talking about and and their lyrical content is about um human destruction of the planet um in fact at the moment they've just launched a fundraising campaign for a 
an Amazonian group, an indigenous Amazonian group to, to try and reinvest in Brazilian rainforests. So, um, yeah, trying to put something else back and trying to put funding back into restoring and supporting the lungs of the world. Um, but in that, with all their heavy music, I've picked uh, the heaviest matter in the universe, a song called The Heaviest Matter in the Universe, and it is um, quite heavy. Uh, <laughs> so in keeping with that, I've gone for the strongest beer that we have in our cellar, which is uh, the McKellar Black um, Imperial Stout, which is a, this release is a 16.1% um, Imperial Stout, um, lots of brown sugar, lots of dark malt, fermented with champagne yeast and ale yeast, just to bring that ABV up as high as possible. Uh, so, yeah. Have you had, and it is- had it before? Past five. Past five. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the fact that to like the uneducated ear and to Shikari would sound quite heavy. And similarly, the Lichtenhainer would be like a sort of heavy going beer. But then when you compare it to Gajira and a 16.1% <laughs> Imperial Stout, it's like both of those. Yep. No, that's, that, that totally tracks in comparison. <laughs> yes. It sounds like that's their kind of session beer, like on the rider. <laughs> Just like <laughs> pint of sixteen percent. <laughs> I think they just do pints of cognac, don't they? Like that's that's standard. <laughs> I think we saw them on a on a Jägermeister tour. It was either Jägermeister or um, yeah, it was. It was and, yeah. And so they're sponsored by Jäger. Yeah, they'll be mm. drinking horrible spiced sweets. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. It's like how um, if any of you guys have ever been to Slam Dunk. Um, up in, up in Leeds, and it's like the one of the heavier tents is usually sponsored by Fireball or Jaeger, and it's like yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's <laughs> right, James. I'm going to hope you're going to go more complex and you know more insane and music and everything than than that. So what what were you going for? Uh, I I've already opened my beer because you you all keep using words that I don't understand and that don't mean oh. anything to me. So I just thought I'm I'm just going to get drunk because this is this is this is probably the the theme that I've struggled with the most due to the fact that I'm not massively into live music. I like music. Um, you know, I subscribe to Spotify Premium. What other? What more evidence do you need? Uh, but um, <laughs> you know, that's I'm not, just as good. I'm, I'm not massively into gigs, and you all you, you all keep using words and phrases. I'm just thinking, I got a fucking clue what they're talking about. So um, <laughs> I've gone very literal. So um, it's actually not the last gig that I went to. Uh, I did go to a gig in Hamburg when I was there, which was weird um but the last kind of thing that i can remember that was like a music event which is something that we've talked about a few times actually here which is the last time that tramlines was held which was summer 2019 for anyone that doesn't know tramlines is a, a big what well, used to be a big inner city um festival music music and beer festival i guess you'd call it but no it's more music isn't it it just tends to have good beer there um which used to be held in the center of sheffield it's now moved out of the center so you can't really call it an inner city festival anymore but it's a brilliant event um we always have a good uh, laugh there if you're a regular listener to the podcast you know we've done a few kind of collaborations with them as well um wasn't able to happen last year 
kind of hanging in the balance a little bit this year. It's kind of like unknown as to whether or not we'll be able to go ahead. Fingers crossed, really hoping that it that it does. But the last time we were there, and actually this is a subject that we've touched on. I think it was Adam that you talked about this actually off the back of the last tram lines, which was of all the great beers that were there, we actually ended up because because of the the big bars, like the main bars, weren't selling very much in the way of craft beer. It was all a bit kind of towny lagery stuff, but they were selling Camden Pale. So we ended up drinking a lot of Camden Pale. So that is what I've gone with for my um, beer. And there's various um, bands that kind of stand out from it. But the song that that really stands out for me from the last tram lines, which is the one I'm going to go for, is Reverend and the Makers' Silence is Talking, which I think might have been their last song of their set last time or it might have been the tram lines before that it was the last song of their set but it really kind of stands out to me nearly went for something by shed seven because they were great at uh tram lines or sleeper <laughs> uh, sleeper were also very good yeah i used to love sleeper <laughs> blimey um and uh mr motivator as well was one of my favorite performers but he didn't do any songs so i can't go for him unfortunately and i couldn't think of a beer that links to mr motivator so um abandoned that and yeah i've gone very literal with uh with camden Pear which is a really good beer Very good. which links back to you actually Luke because you had um, Ed her cousins on didn't you a few months ago we did from Reverend yeah America's. yeah so for our January episode we actually had Ed Cousins who is uh, sort of the co-songwriter and, and the guitarist in Reverend and the Makers a uh, great solo artist too um, who actually linked to beer as well is uh, did, used to run the bar in one of the main Thornbridge pubs up in uh, Bakewell and actually co-brewed a whole bunch of beers with them as well. So, um, yeah, they've got, like, good ties to beer, uh, Reverend and the Makers. Yeah, I've actually he just... Has a, saw, he has um, another new beer coming out, doesn't he, Ed, in the next... Yeah, I think, I think so, I think yeah. it's coming out any day now that he's got a, a new yeah. beer coming out, so very timely. I've noticed yeah. his new... Um, he's started a new um, kind of YouTube series where he's just chatting about, like, the life, and that's actually filmed in the Bath Hotel at Jeffy's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Very iconic building. I miss the Bath Hotel. That's one of the clubs I really want to go back to when it opens up. Um, cool. Um, I had about three different ones I wanted to do because I've had a big period where I've not been to any gigs for ages. I used to go to gigs a lot and then kids and, I don't know, beer came first, I think. And um, But then weirdly, I went to three gigs really close to lockdown. I went to see Jimmy Eat World and I went to see um, American Football in Leeds and also Idlewild. And I wanted to pick American football because of the story I might have mentioned about um, <clears throat> I went to Leeds with my friend who was quite into his more classic craft beers and gets annoyed when people put silly things in beers. And then we went straight to North Brew's new bar and he just went, I'm just going to have one of Triple Fruit of Goes. And I'm like, I don't want that. Ed had that, loved it, went straight back, got a different one. And then we disappeared up to, is it White Locks or Whitlocks? I never know how to pronounce it, the, the wow. White Locks. Um, joking that obviously that's a much more classic, kind of classic pub. We'll have something, you know, sort of cask and flat. Uh, and then we were joking that you'd never get anything like um, Triple Fruit Goes on. And then they had it on cask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we had, so, we, so we decided to have half a landlord and half a Triple Fruit Goes and we called it our like, Cornish pasty because the traditional Cornish pasty being half savoury, half sweet. <laughs> um, amazing. But it's not triple triple fruit and ghost season. Um, so, um, any anywhere. 
So triple triple fruited ghosts are on cask yeah, as well. Yeah. Like that's oh yum. <laughs> I'm not sure I preferred it, but for the novelty, it's still good. <laughs> um so yeah, I went to see Idlewild. Idlewild are a band I've been into since since they started, really, um, in the nineties, Scottish band. It's actually the twenty-fifth anniversary, and I've just recently got a nice book to talk about the history and be reading through all that stuff. Um but um, yeah, and I kind of feel that they've kind of gone through a lot of stuff, but they started off quite a spiky band. They were quite like, like sort of trying to be sort of punk with a mixture of stuff and poetic punk and stuff. But then they've, they've kind of mellowed. But even listening back to their first album and second album, there's some quite like nice melodic sort of you know, stuff as well. So, and also it's a band that I keep going back to and they're kind of one of my classic favourite bands. And um, it's actually a beer I keep going back to, which... For a beer that isn't a core range beer, I don't think I've gone back to this beer as much recently as any. And it's it's one of yours, Jim. I'm assuming you've um, you've brewed had something to do with this, as it's Abidel's Unbeliever Margarita Sour. Um, so just reading on the back, um, you know, it's kind of t- you know obviously the sour and the spikiness and kind of punky bits, but also says there's a lovely silkiness and hints of sweetness in the finish. And I thought that. That could be accredited to uh, to idle, any Idlewild song, so I kind of picked um, "When I Go I See Shapes" from their first full length album, which is probably their breakthrough single. Thinking about nineteen ninety seven, um, I don't think it's their kind of most spiky of songs, but I thought it's kind of has a bit of both. And I think I think this range itself, you're saying that you know you have some things that are quite quite a bit quite um, sour and other things that are a bit mellower so but I've really really enjoyed this it's so drinkable so drinkable I know I, I had a drink I had, I had a can of it the other night and I thought oh I wonder if I, I could even get another can of it and luckily in my local <laughs> shop they had one there sitting for me so yeah so I no, literally I had that for the first time last week because um, it was the same I, I walked into a local bottle shop here um, around the corner from me, so we've got the a mate. We talk about it all the time on the podcast, but we've got the amazing beer shop um, in in Hitchin, and um, and it's it's always good. But sort of went into another um, random bottle shop, and they had an awesome range of craft beers, including a whole bunch of Abbeydale and Buxton beers. And it was like, oh fuck, I've hit jack like jackpot here. And so yeah, picked up the margarita sour, and I have to say, it was also. Uh, my first rehearsal back with my band uh, last week's so we're prepping for, for our album and uh, it was one of the best sort of rehearsal beers I've ever had. <laughs> I felt like I should have been paying it more attention than just sort of slamming it back while screaming into a microphone, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it's quite strong and it? it's 5.6. So like, I know that it's strong enough, strong enough, isn't it, to a neck of you of these, but. Yeah, it just sits on the right side of sweet and sour, and just really delicious. And uh, I don't know what you, what you, what, are you happy with it, Jim? Did you brew it, or is it part of your? Is it a, more of a? Yeah, so it was a blend of um, a beer that we had in that was souring in barrel, and a beer that we uh, a fresher beer as well. So I think that those layers come from those the the kind of the freshness and the the kind of age and aging of sour so you kind of get a nice balance between it and then i think because there's there's so many nice things in there there's lemon uh there's lemons and limes and lemongrass and things like that which i think just keep it keep it a bit fresh and a little bit sweet and add a little bit more to it than just adding loads of fruit so i think that's kind of the balance there i think works for me and i was pleased with with the way that it turned out 
stuff. Um, I was the obvious thing to talk about just generally about beer and, and music is beer in music venues or just beer in venues. I know Laura, you were saying you were, you, you had quite you want you had an opinion on it and something you wanted to uh, maybe maybe bring up. Yeah. I mean, it's, we all know it's pretty crap, isn't it? Just generally, yeah. um, I think. Yeah. Cans of red stripe. There's a, <laughs> there's a time and a half. Reminds me of plug. Cans of red stripe strutting round plug drinking straight from the can. Wow. <laughs> I think I, I think I've drunk more red stripe in parks than I have in gig venues though these days. Like it's, it feels like it's one of those kind of beers. It's that okay cider. Uh. I'm very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will come back to you, Laura. But just on that point. Um, I very much tend to go to um, cider, <laughs> basically, in crap music venues. But yeah, sorry, Laura, um, we jumped on that bit. I think it's just something that I have a real bugbear about because it's like I don't understand why there is like in very very few venues there's like nothing for anybody that actually wants to drink nice beer. And I'm very much the same. Like I will happily drink multiple pints of Tuborg out of a monkey paper cup. <laughs> festival and that is fine but it's not what you want all of the time is it and it's just something that it really grinds my gears that there's such a huge opportunity there and especially when you've got so many bands that work with you know the collaborations between breweries and bands coming out all of the time and you know people who you know the, the worlds interlace quite a bit I think but that's just not reflected in any of the events that are on um, yeah. I do know where uh, one of my favorite um beer at a gig story though was uh, a couple of years ago uh went down to Nottingham and went to Rock City to go and see Machine Head um and Jim and I were both supposed to be going and then uh, Jim selfishly went to uh, Detroit for work bastard. Uh, so <laughs> I don't really want to go to Nottingham on my own and uh, luckily found uh, my friend Nikos who sadly doesn't live in Sheffield anymore uh, but who um, has similar taste in beer and music to the kind of things that we do. And uh, he came came with me. Um, and yeah, he's really, really into, you know, uh, bottle swapping with uh, beer traders in America. He has a really, really um, kind of high-end opinion of beer and, um, you know... Uh, has a just, cellar full of aged girls. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, he potted off to the bar when we got to the gig and he came back with a plastic super pipe. And I was like, Nikos, please tell me you don't have two pints of tube book. And he bought four cans of Beaver Town Gamma Ray and put them in the two pint cup. <laughs> About 40 quid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so ouch. Neck oil and Gamma Ray were, on, were available at Rock City. And I did, you know, I think that's a really good option to have. You know, it's yeah. not difficult, surely. To it's have a step it. in the right direction, right? It's, yeah. I think, because it comes down to, it's especially O2 venues. Like, O2 venues are tied to um, Heineken, probably. AB? Is it, uh, is that Heineken? I don't know. Yeah, it's who, whoever has Tuborg, I've got, no, I can never bloody remember. It's one of the big ones. Um, but yeah, and it's because um, Signature, Signature were trying to do this. For years, yeah. that's why they started, right? It was to get good beer into music venues. And I feel like they started to make some inroads and then everything just collapsed for them. Like even Slam Dunk that I was talking about before, they used to have, uh, they used to sponsor a stage and um, set up one bar in the entire festival to serve good beer. And everywhere else was the standard trash um, plus Jägermeister and Fireball. And then. Um, <laughs> And then they had the signature bar. 
they got pushed out about two years ago um, because the bigger alcohol sponsor basically said, yeah, um, we're not happy about them being here anymore. So um, like, they, them like they were going to do anything to the, like yeah, dent, make a dent in any kind of way to their uh, profits, really. Although yeah. I did like the fact that the first year that they weren't there, uh, the beer sold out um, by about 6 p.m. So it was like a good... <laughs> Good, good sign of the end times of signature not being included, but you know. Yeah, and talk. We'll be thinking about festivals and stuff like sort of, sort of probably a similar kind of size to Slam Dunk. Tramlines is probably a similar sort of size, and mm. I know like you guys have had kind of quite a bit of involvement. And there's always been over the years since it started, they've always like done a, a, a Tramlines beer, and it's gone through. You know, Thornbridge have done one, Bradfield have done one, you guys yeah. have done one, and even even come a couple of years where there were like a competition where I think four breweries put one in and then they had a night at a pub and you could just drink them like beer one, two, three, four blind and then you had to vote for which one you wanted. So, yeah. but, and you've, you've always kind of put supplied quite a bit of beer to tramlines and I know Thornbridge, did their, they had their own bar last last year, a year before now, isn't it? because obviously it wasn't last year. But, so, so, I mean, there is, there is a place for it and people do drink it. If they didn't drink it, if they didn't, it wouldn't be there, would it? I mean, um, I don't know what your guys' experience in terms of how much of that kind of gets drunk or sold or is, is it well, I, think, I think it came from obviously before tramlines was a single venue and it was based in pubs mm. um you know and having a tramlines beer was something that could bring all of those venues together um and that they could all have a bail you know it was almost like um you know a bit of branding for the festival almost and something that was recognizable across all of them and so that was a really nice idea and i think then when it went to been you know it, its own kind of more self-contained thing they knew that the beer was something that people enjoyed as a part of it so uh, that was able to kind of remain so yeah I think because it's always yeah. been there I think that they've always had when they've moved to that single site now down in um, Hillsborough Park they've always had the real ale tent and then they've had other lager bars so it's always been there and always been part of the infrastructure of the festival as opposed to being the other way, like Slam Dunk, where they have bars sponsored by and provided by big companies who can dictate. Because if they say, no, we don't want to be involved anymore, you've lost you've lost like 80, 90% of your beer supply just because you, you want some nice beer for some people on one bit of stage over in the corner. So... They can dictate, and that's that's not just a problem with them at beer festivals. It, that's a problem industry-wide, yeah. pub-wide, tideline-wise. They dictate everything, and you across the market because they've got the money. And so, but but tramlines where they kind of have they they always sell out of, out of out of beer partway through, and we more often than not have to go and Fetch some do a set <laughs> of, of dropping beer off, and we always have beer prepped so that they they can have more it's we kind of expect it for the for tramline so there is the demand there it just needs more 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 festival organizers and people to to realize that they can get it which, from people which brewery made the metallica beer the other year because <sighs> that was a really big brewery i can't remember who it was now i was just fishing through remember. like the top 20 not top 20 beers but uh, 20 beers made by in collaboration with they're all metal bands they're all like kind of like <laughs> mainly like 
kind of classic ones, Motorhead, oh, yeah. ACDC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to do a little competition so if you could guess what uh, the beers are, but then I got through about five and then it started being really obvious, like Sepultura <laughs> Pale or something like um, <clears throat> It's like a bit of a giveaway. Um, yeah. And we, just a scoop. Go on, go on, James. I was going to say to answer Laura's question, it was Stone that did the metallic. Oh. Huh. Well, this absolutely excellent. That's a plastic great little handful. plastic cup. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> but yeah, so that, obviously Stone are a massive brewery, yeah. but again, that's that was another step for me in showing a bit more overlap. Because um, we've and- brewed, uh, we, Abbeydale, have brewed in the past with um, 65 Days of Static that came through one of our, um, one of our other, uh, four tram lines, yeah. And around the release of, I think, not the, an album a couple of years ago, Red Parallax, which was part of the, or it, one of the songs was Red Parallax off that album. Either way, it was kind of launched. Um, yeah, so we've kind of done bits in the past um, and with some local bands. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't happen particularly often, but it is mainly with bands who have riders that, Involved. Actually, what was that? Me and Jim, we brought this up before, James. What was that really, really nice beer that you did with that Sheffield band? Oh, what was it called? Um, I think, I think I'm actually looking for that very beer right now. Is it like a passion fruity <clears throat> something? It was, um, there's a bit of like a indie kind of band. Um, oh, Alvarez, Alvarez Kings. Kings, yeah. What was that beer that, that was such a good sort of. We made it with Brewdog Bar in Sheffield. Ah. Alvarez Kings. There we go. And I can't remember. I've got to feel like it's got a, a word that starts with a Q in it. James, that helps. But um, <laughs> like, See, like quiet feel... or con, or something. Is it quiet conscience or something like that? I don't know. I'm just pulling it out. Cold, cold conscience. Oh, good. Where did I pull that from? That was years ago. <laughs> good job. Cold, good job. Cold conscience. <laughs> it was. It was a four point five percent pale ale with a difference, packed full of mangoes and lychees. Lychees is a great word, isn't it? Because it sounds like it could be some kind of really horrible maggot or something. But actually, it's a really nice fruit. <laughs> Or like a skin condition. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Oh, God, you've got light cheese. Can't leave the house for a month when you've got light cheese. Wow. James. It's a good um, beer, that. I think we should bring that back. I'm going to start a campaign. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it, bring um, it back. James, you were saying you don't really go to gigs much, but I was thinking about music in pubs generally um, and the kind of that role that plays. And if it's important, is it annoying? Is it a good thing? Because, you know, we all like to drink in, in the Rutland and Rutland Diamonds has has um, a chalkboard which tells you very strictly yeah. what you cannot play from that jukebox in, in, in any one given day. <laughs> um, it's all done with a little bit of jest as well, a bit of a joke. But, um, it has, yeah. There's certain bands that are always banned, isn't there, that you're not allowed to... Uh, you're not allowed to you pre- so that was, do you prefer it is, a pub? It is important or? though, isn't it? Because I think, I think I would, in, in, in complete sobriety, I would tell you that I'm now at a stage where I appreciate a quiet pub that's maybe got a little bit of background music, but actually you can have a conversation. And yet, in the same evening that I tell you that, I will end up in the Washington dancing like an idiot till two o'clock in the morning. Um, for Luke's benefit and anyone that's listening, the Washington is, um, I mean, it's not really a live music 
pub as such. It's just, it's a bit of an indie pub and it's a bit scruffy, but it's brilliant. It's ju- it's just the place where you end up. And I think it's open till something stupid like 4am or something daft. Um, and many, many of the night I've just completely lost in there. Um, and so, yeah, clearly music is really important when you have uh, beer. And what I like now is that you've actually got uh, a reasonable amount of choice because you've got quite a lot of bars where it, they are fairly quiet. They are about sitting and having a conversation. Lots of micropubs that tend not to have loud music and stuff like that on that are just about being able to sit with your mate and have a bit of a chat. And then you can walk around the corner and you can go somewhere that's actually got a little bit of atmosphere going on and has got a bit of music and something that um, that you're really, uh, really into but also sells really good beer. Um, and, you know, that that's that's really, really good. Uh, I just kind of hope that I think we've all, we all have to concede that the the pub world is going to shrink a bit. Uh, and I hope that we don't lose too much of that choice. Mm. Talking of Washington, and, and also linking back to one of your shows, because you recently played on those songs. When I first moved to Sheffield and I was drinking in places like Washington, before there were that many kind of, I wouldn't have considered it like an ale pub or anything. Um, I used to always see Richard Hawley in there. Like every time I went in, it was Richard <laughs> Hawley was in there, looking really cool. His kind of you know his hair slicked back and his nice clothes and that. But um, it's part of Guinness. But um, yeah, just I, I feel really bad for calling it scruffy. I don't think that's fair. But it's a bit. It's, I mean, it's sweaty and it's it's like. <laughs> The dance you know floor what? is it's... packed. It's that kind of place. It's not scruffy. They clean it. Like, you know, it's a nice, well, the toilets are a little <laughs> bit dodgy, but, you know, they do clean it. <laughs> as soon as you said scruffy, I knew exactly what you meant. Like, it's that that slightly rough around the edges, you know, intentionally yeah. a little bit dirty. Always a really <laughs> wet floor. In a good way. Always a really wet floor <laughs> in the toilets for, for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah. And you can't see you anything what, that's leaking. So you're like, oh, there's only really one possibility here isn't there but yeah at the same time i think the thing about the washington and 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 there's probably pubs like this uh in in every city around the country probably around the world is that you know it's it's a long long way from perfect and yet you walk in and it just feels like home it just feels like you belong there and that's an amazing feeling (laughs) if it's the second time i've had an alarm in this and it's 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 I believe that's my smoke alarm going off. So um, I'm really hoping the kitchen is there. We go. Uh, yeah. No, it's gone off now. This, literally, this, this literally happened in the last episode. I, start, I did the intro and then the um, kitchen alarm went off, but, which usually means I've got to go downstairs because no one else can reach it. So, but, <laughs> so that's that's obviously bullshit because someone stopped it. So um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop being the designated fire alarm stopper. Yeah. <laughs> um, lost my train of thought now. Uh, what, what are we saying now? So oh, scruffy pub. Scruffy it's funny because. <laughs> I do feel like, like I I love those kind those kind of venues are the to me like the bread and butter of what like an early twenties experience should be, um, but to recreate that from scratch, I've seen a whole bunch of venues attempt it and fail miserably, <laughs> um, and it seems to be something that just kind of happens yeah. or you end up with a just slightly shitty looking venue that that um, doesn't quite hit the spot. It feels like it go on. The, the culture. You need mm. people to mm. go there and treat it mm. like it's that kind of venue. You yeah. can't force it on on your regulars. You need it. You need the. You need to know. People need to know that you can go to Washington at, at till four and you can still get a G and T or a pint of cask beer yeah. at, at half past three in the morning if you want that. Yeah. And dance. So all those things need to. There, there aren't many 
places in Sheffield that you can get all those things. Where you can get a good a good pint of cask, some good spirits and mixtures with a and mixes with a with some offers on, and a pint of lager for all the people in your group. Yeah. And there still be some tunes that you want to be up. You can't just create that. Yeah, it, it's a, a kind of. It's a, it's right. an attitude, not a. It needs not, to be the perfect convergence of everything, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering whether it was a conscious decision for Thornbridge to pick their pubs based on the. They're all pub. Well, all the ones I've thought of so far, either do have live music or have somewhere where they where where they they could do. So obviously, I mean, I think Ed mentioned it because we used to work at the Greystones. They've got the back room, which is a proper proper venue. We've even recorded an episode in there, haven't we? we did an episode in there. We have, yeah. Um, the Hallam the Hallam Shudders music, the the Bath does music, even though it's tiny. Um, I think it's them kind of places. I don't think the Stag which... does. I think the the Stag's obviously my local. Uh, but yeah, that is quite small, and I don't I don't think that they. It's um... an it's an odd shape isn't it, to do something in there. Yeah, I think. You'd, yeah you'd struggle. I think you'd really struggle to be able to do something like that in there. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of live music in those kind of venues, it, it just isn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen like they did sort of twenty years ago. Like you, you kind of go to like a decent, like with like the Harley that used to play a lot of live music and um, kind of a decent beer. And I think you, you probably if those if like live music existed like it does now at that kind of grassrootsy level, which it, I mean, it might do, it might just be I'm getting old and I just don't notice it, but it doesn't feel like you have those small venues anymore. And I think maybe those places would be the places that had good beer on now, I think, you know, like, yeah. I think, I don't know, I'm, I don't know if I'm just generalising, you know, I kind of imagine that people who are really into music are probably the people who are quite into craft beers because they're just that kind of person. I'm just going to generalise, but I imagine that there's, there is some correlation somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they are dying out. Like, I mean, I've got, you know, London, that's a sample, that's about it, but, um, and very local, but, um, but, it's it is something that I have noticed that the independent venues that are good are the ones that tend to care about things like having good drink on and having good food on and and all the rest of it. But they are very quickly dying out and or being bought up, thinking that they're like a cash cow and not realizing that actually a large part of it is the the experience of of the community that they set. So like we had a great example in London of um, a place called Seabright Arms which is, it used to be one of the best gig venues in London um, and was the place where, you know, I saw countless bands there, sort of quite nice small bands. And they had, I think they had like, it was something like 12 cask um, lines on and a couple of really good keg lines and an amazing bottle fridge. And it was just like this perfect combination of, you know, great music, great beer, fantastic, little bit of a shit to get to, but that's fine. And then Vice bought it, and it was like, you know, not to shit on Vice, but because you know, Old Blue Last is still one of the best venues in London, I reckon. But um, they just bought it and just replaced all the lines with really standard, boring lines, um, and uh, didn't invest in sort of like what they were building from a community point of view. And all of a sudden, it's a very average place <laughs> with nobody going through there anymore and you put on a gig and you can't guarantee that people will turn up anymore and like yeah it's just it's a bit sad but it's um yeah i think money money is one of the things that's ruining it but also i don't know i blame tiktok as well just because i'm getting old (laughs) (laughs) very good um james how's the camden pale is it hitting the spot for a nice sunny afternoon (laughs) listening to 
<laughs> Some impression. That, that was a special moment. That thank you for that. Um, <laughs> it's all right, actually. Yeah, it's a nice little bit. I mean, it's four percent, and and you know, uh, four. I mean, four percent is probably not even session now, is it? It's less than that. It's um, it, it's Ju- it, junior. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just a really smashable beer it's, it's nice it's got a nice taste to it it's not got anything too like funky going on it is the kind of thing that i can imagine i can see myself back there you know in in, in you know the sun shining down being around friends and um drinking it and just having a really good time um it certainly does bring those memories uh those memories back yeah it's good i completely i completely agree because um i wasn't familiar with like Revenue Maker's song titles. So when you said you were going to do that one, I had to look at it and I was like, it did take me back to that. I was like, yes, that's like such a that's yep. such a perfect beer for that kind of experience, essentially. Yeah, so I, I think next, good. if they do play at the next tram lines, rather than actually getting people with musical instruments, they should just get you. Just on the microphone. I just need to get, improve my beatboxing as well. So yeah, do the I drums. Need- <laughs> I need trumpet. I need trumpet on my new album. If you want to come on, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll do some practicing. Um, yeah, um, Luke, you just polished off your beer. How was it? I mean, that was gorgeous, sour, salty. Um, the orange wasn't coming through massively, but it was it was it was exactly what I wanted for uh, a Lost Camps beer. In that it was just nice, tart, grabs sort of the side of your mouth. Um, and yeah, and was quite um, quite smashable. I don't even know what the percentage was on it. Four point two. So you know, it was quite good. Um, and I've got a backup here just in case. Um, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean a second beer? While you're away from the family, you can just uh, smash another one in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, the fact that you guys only do one beer on your podcast, it's amateur. Well, amateur. well, the real ones will do. We do about four, but since since lockdown, okay, fair play. Yeah, it's just <laughs> we get it more, more responsible. More I mean, your house is yeah. literally burning down in the background behind <laughs> you, and 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 you're there like I'm going to have another beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be honest, I've got it's I've fine. got a milk stout up next, and I reckon that a bit of smoke will just just add to it, so it's fine. Yeah. A smoked milk stout would be great. Yeah, we try to keep our episodes under under an hour as well, which um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, we don't do. I that. think yours, I think, your, I think your last one was maybe two and a bit hours, and I actually listened to it all. So yeah, Mate, in about four stages, that was, but <laughs> that was three and a half hours of recording that we did and I managed to cut it down to two and a half which was very painstaking because there was a lot of good content there but it's uh yeah I think basically four beers is a really bad idea if you want to try and keep it under an hour um if you want to keep it under two hours to be honest including so. a very good folk song about a racing pigeon which um if, yep. you, if you're interested go listen to the last episode it's um I'm actually moved by it um but yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've I've never got so emotional about a pigeon before, but it's um, some epic folk about a, a world champion racing pigeon flying to um, Rome and getting back. And, yeah. I mean, it's a standard song that you hear every day, right? Um, <laughs> I'll whack it on the end of this uh, this episode's playlist for the uh, Spotify thing, and you can Brilliant. all go and listen it to is it. About, it's about 14 minutes long, so, you know, maybe you don't want to listen to the whole thing. That has but... got some good trumpet stuff in there. Maybe I could get signed up for that band in the, in the next live rendition. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, how's the head? Is it is he still with us? <laughs> good beer? It, it's really good, I think. 
After the, the date on the bottom says 2018, and I suspect that's... I think I've had it in the cellar for about five, maybe six years. Why they've put such a short date on it, on a beer that... Whether whether they actually mean um, 2,118 and then... <laughs> then <it'll> be, <laughs> there's... It's, it's boozy. It's bitter... It really, really bitter, and whether that's from hops or whether that I suspect it's just shitloads of astringency from from dark malts. It's really boozy. Would it help in a mosh pit, or would it hinder? I've never seen you like this. It would absolutely hinder. I think it's being <laughs> sat still. Never mind. I've got to look after this. I think this is not going to go. Well. What, what percentage no. was it again, Jim? Six. Six. Um, 16.1. And, and you sound quite surprised when you go, it's really boozy. <laughs> I mean, there's a clue. I'm, I'm drinking, You're drinking a bottle of port, basically, aren't you? Let's be honest. <laughs> I think I'm going to throw a bottle of cherry on it. I think you should go back and revise and do some stoner doom metal now. Uh... <laughs> yeah. um, sleep, uh, the entirety of... <laughs> Laura, how's yours? Yeah, by complete contrast to Jim's, uh, I was supposed to be sharing this. I was say it looked like a big bottle. It looked like a big bottle. <laughs> really drank Brilliant. It's really, there's so much going on, but it's really easy to drink. And it's one where you like have a sip and then you're like, woo. And you find something new every time you have um, a different a different sip. So it's really, really tart. It's got loads of peach character. It's just got this really nice little woof of smoke over the top. Um, it's really, really lovely. Um, I don't know if anybody saw me earlier on have a taste of Jim, but <laughs> no. when, he, when he said it, he said it before he even opened it, he picked the beer that was closest to tar. And it, <laughs> French tar. I think it's a good isn't it? Yeah, I feel very yeah. much like my mouth and body have been uh, paved. <laughs> 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 I love this. I love this. We should do. We should do more of this. Drinking ridiculously strong. It reminds me, Adam, of when me and you just sat and I think we drank ten oh, beers yeah. between us. It was. It was that Northern Power House. We tried to keep that under an hour, it? didn't we? It was. It was pretty rough by the end. Yeah, they were all really oh. strong, weren't they? It was the, the that Northern Powerhouse series. Yeah. All the. Um, oh. Yeah, we just yeah we just tried to smash through Very them. Very slurry by the end of that. We should do more of that. We should do we should do more. Just just generally drunk hopcast. I think it'd be more fun. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know when can we go back inside pubs. I think it's May. Yeah, May is it or June? I'm just I'm wow. trying not to I'm trying not to get too attached to dates at the yeah. minute. So hopefully, um, in the next by the you know by the time we have next episode, and, um, we'll have all been to the pub. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Final crossed. words on my beer, really good beer. Um, I assume there's probably not much of this left now because I think it's been out a while. Um, because I've had about I don't know five cans of it or something. Um, I don't know if you still do you still brew it, I just brew it once and then it just that's it. I think the reason all of the unbelievers are just tend to be one, uh, like a single, single batch anyway. I think there is some, some still left. Um, I couldn't I promise think, how much or where you'll find it, but I think that. There still is, because um, obviously with pubs being closed, the canning runs that we've been doing have been a yeah. lot bigger. So um, so I'm, I think there is still 
There's still some on the online shop and it'll still be in shops. And I think it's my, my favourite in, in memory. It's really good. James, have you had it? Yeah. Have you had this one? The margarita one? I haven't. No. <clears throat> You'll have it. Go and get it. Very I'm a bit off sours at the moment. I, I go through these little periods of just being a bit off sours. I think this was the one that brought it back for me because I think, same, I kind of just, some, you just, I think winter, I just don't, I don't tend to have many and then, yeah, I really have I've to have a good kind one. Of to kind of... In the uh, in the in the fridge, oh, that's, the cool. that's pink, quite light. It's pink lemonade sour or whatever it was. So yes. um, I will get to that at some point. I need it to be a bit sunnier. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like I've been on uh, heavy stouts for the last couple months, so I've been getting through my bearded ladies, and uh, yeah. I've even got a buddy. I've got a <laughs> rephrase <laughs> 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 Um. <laughs> no, uh, no. People can look it up. It's fine. Um, but um, yeah, and and it's only since the sun's come out in the last couple of weeks that I'm like, oh, quite fancy a sour. Um, but that's where that's where I think breweries need to do more like ten percent sours. So you've got that transition period where you've got the nice heavy sour. <laughs> that kind of it's sunny, but it's still cold as fuck. Well, you can pitch something to Jim. I'm sure he'll brew you something. Yeah, yeah I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I think a triple margarita sour. Uh... <laughs> All right, brilliant. Um, so, Luke, where can people find you guys? Um, what do they need to know if they want to check you guys out? So, uh, we're at rhythmbrews.co. Uh, uh, if you want to go to for, look for the podcast or on any good podcast provider, you can look us up, Rhythm and Brews, and on all social media, we're Rhythm Brews UK, because annoyingly, we couldn't get the same name across everything. So, um, so yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's we're out on the 20th of each month, uh, and next month, we have uh, Stacey Ayer from uh, Rock Leopard, uh, which nice. will be great. And then the following month, we've actually, uh, hopefully, if we can sort a date, we've got Laura on, which will oh, be Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's, that's, oh, just, I always forget if I'm hosting, but um, just for the beer selfie, you've got to get your cans up. <laughs> you've oh. still got it. Oh, he's moved on now. So Here you go. I can <laughs> Cheers. Brilliant. So, yeah, um, I assume we'll be back in two weeks' time. Um, I don't think we've got any plans yet, so... Anybody's got any ideas? Welcome oh, we to get in touch. We're doing, we? uh, oh, sorry. We're, doing, we're, we're having we a cocktail theme, but oh, that, doesn't that, mean, that, in- that doesn't mean making cocktails. It's still beer, but in some way, got to weave in a cocktail theme. We still need to make the petrol mix, the beer called petrol mix, don't we? That's Maybe what... this is the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, two weeks' time, it's um, beer cocktails again. Um, again, we yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Thanks yeah. for having me.